Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. In this episode, I am going to be responding to some listener feedback in regards to setting a good example. I have a very specific example of an example or a mentorship that I entered in, kind of unbeknownst to me, that turned into a a very good uh, brother type of relationship. Sadly, my uh, younger brother passed away in 2015. I'm going to take it kind of back several years to back when I was in college. So when I was in college in my degree program, elementary education, one of my professors came up to me and she said, hey, I think you would be a good mentor, so to speak, to a uh, young boy. So the difference in age between the two of us was nine years. I believe I was probably, I don't know, maybe 21 and um, he was 12. His name was Ron. My professor said Ron comes from a single mother household. He has two younger siblings, two younger brothers, and think he could do very well by having a uh, male role model in his life, as he didn't have a, a role model in his life, a uh, male role model in his life, like a father figure. And so um, that was why she asked me, and I said, sure, of course. I mean, I was 20, 21 years old. Um, I'd be happy to do it. And I like the idea of having a, a little brother. So um, they introduced us. And uh, I remember vividly in Gainesville, I drove to the west side of Gainesville. In those days, they didn't do a, a background check, I don't, th- I don't think, on me. Or maybe I was already background checked by being in the college. And I went over to meet Ron, uh, his mother, Sharon, his two brothers, two younger brothers. And to give you an idea of kind of the dynamics, they lived in a very, very small apartment, very small. And I think it was probably maybe 700 square feet. I'm probably being generous. They were a tight knit, you know, family and it extended, you know, beyond that. And I I found that out after spending some quality time, you know, with Ron you know, it, it turned into a situation to where it went really beyond, you know, just a, a mentoring relationship. I took Ron literally everywhere with me. Uh, I remember him, you know, coming to help take care of cats. One of my a girlfriend that I dated in college, she left for the summer and asked me to take care of her cats. And I remember Ron, you know, being with me there. I remember him going to my intramural basketball games, you know, spending time with my friends. I remember him coming to Orlando, spending time with my family, um, you know, meeting my wife and, you know, staying here with uh, at my house with my wife and, you know, his probably one of his earlier uh, girlfriends. We always talked about bettering yourself and being an example for other people. 
And I was very fortunate, and I think that my professor at UF saw that I had a, a strong way about me, and I had some good people that were ahead of me, meaning my father and some very other good uh, male role models, and in particular, black role models. And, um, you know, Ron was an African-American gentleman. It fit me, it felt like there was something that I needed, I didn't really realize that I needed, and something that Ron needed. I was in a situation where I could expose him to things that he may not have been exposed to otherwise. I had come from some humble beginnings in Kansas City. You know, my parents, you know, made a better life for us here. And so I was always raised with the mentality of giving back. And so one of the earlier memories that I remember um, with Ron and his family, so around Christmas time, I went over, uh, grabbed Ron, his mom, and his uh, two siblings, said, hey, let's go to Walmart, and we went shopping. And, you know, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just something that was kind of ingrained in me. And, you know, I want to make, you know, the best uh, Christmas possible for an extension to my family. And um, we went, I have no idea how much money we spent and I have no idea, you know, all the stuff that we got, but I do remember the smile and the gratitude that was extended to me by Ron's mom and Ron, you know, on behalf of his brothers. And so, you know, looking back, I really understand the example that I set for him uh, allowed him to set an example for his brothers, his two younger brothers. And, you know, seeing them kind of develop and, you know, the men that they became, I understood that I had an impact indirectly um, in doing that. So, and some of the other memories that I had with him is, you know, his grandmother, she always cooked for me. And I, I absolutely love that. She was a really nice lady. I, I had some good times over there. We talked about girls and, you know, being righteous with women and, you know, how to treat women. And especially him coming from a single um, mother household. And it does take a man sometimes to teach another young man how to properly treat a lady. And so we talked about that a lot, as my father talked a lot about that with me. And one of the things that I wanted to make sure that Ron understood is that no matter where you come from, you can control your destiny on where you go. So and we, you know, it it was ingrained in me about going to college. And one of the things that I realized in having a very diverse group of friends is that not everybody has to go to college. And so when I spoke to Ron, my communication with him was all I want you to do is better yourself. I want you to better your situation than you are right now. So you can go to trade school if you want to do that. And if you want to go to college, you can do that too. But I just want you to better yourself. And, you know, this is a financial podcast. And so some of the tools that I gave Ron were you can go to trade school, you can go to college, and you can have someone else pay for that. And there are any number of ways that that can be done. When I was in school, I was a nerd at looking for free money. And there were books, you know, for free money. And I extended the same courtesy to Ron. If you want this, here's free money, you know, in the form of grants, scholarships. And, you know, you can get loans to, you know, do that. And sometimes you need to do that to better yourself. So we talked a lot about that. 
and you know not letting your uh, current situation preclude you from doing better and the good thing about Ron is that he had such a strand, strong family bond and a strong family dynamic and I realized that you know just kind of over time also his family and sometimes I had and this probably was uh, more being in my own mind was that you know I would drive to a, a certain um, area of town, so to speak, and I'd have my car. And I thought people were going to automatically judge me based on, you know, what I was driving at the time. And when I drove over uh, to meet Ron and his family and his mom, they had no judgment at all. They just completely, you know, accepted me. And Ron's mom, I think, was probably similar in age to me, uh, maybe a few years older. And, uh, you know, we just got along and really accepted one another. And she was very gracious with me, you know, helping to take her son kind of under my wing. And I didn't even feel like I was taking him under my wing. I just I got a a younger brother that I can show off to people in college. I was all about that. And we did a lot of other things together. I took him on volunteering uh, opportunities with me and I tried to generally show him another side of life that he may not have been exposed to. As we got older, so we had some, you know, more serious talks again about women and the women that you choose. And again, you know, what you do and how you interact with your lady. So periodically I would go back to Gainesville for a game or, you know, what have you. And it was very funny because I would go up there on the spur of the moment with my wife and a buddy of mine, and I'd call Ron and say, hey, Ron, I'm in town. Uh, Bring me some chicken wings. And I would uh, absolutely treat him like a a younger brother. And he was so giddy. He would run through, you know, he would go to the grocery store, you know, grab a bucket of uh, chicken wings, and he would bring them through all the traffic because we were tailgating. And I I would give him, you know, a few extra dollars. He was just happy to hang out and happy to hang out with us. And then, you know, I'd always try to get him in the game with us. I would never ask him to come and not have the opportunity for him to go to the game with us. And I remember scalping, buying scalp tickets and, you know, he getting in with us. And it was some really, really good times. I'm talking about Ron in the past because 2014 into 2015, Ron had some health issues and he hid them from me and I think he was too proud to tell me about them until things were kind of obvious and I remember one of the last times that I went to Gainesville when he was alive uh, he was very thin and um, we talked about his ailment I was under the impression he was dealing with it and not necessarily that it was getting better but it was just something that was going to have to be dealt with and then in 2015 his girlfriend at the time Uh, She called me out of the blue. You know, she said, Chris, I I need to talk to you. So she called me and she said that Ron had passed away. I'm going back on memory again. And some of these things I block out because they are painful for me in you know, regards to grief. But I believe he had um, a heart attack uh, at the age of 30 as a result of his other medical complications. It really took me for a loop because this was someone that I was very close to and I spent a lot of time and energy grooming and then um, all of a sudden he was gone. It hurt. It, it, it really hurt. It was a different hurt than, you know, talking about my, you know, my mother and father, my grandmother 
and then Christopher. It was just different. His mother had a uh, reception for him or a memorial service for him, and I drove up there. Amory and I, you know, obviously, without a doubt, we took the kids up with us. Amory kind of took them while I, you know, talked to a few folks, you know, talked to his mother, and, um, you know, spent some time at the, the, the memorial service. You know, knowing the dynamics of their family, I wanted to make sure that everything with the funeral service was good and good and not a strain on the family. And so Amory and I made a decision to help out as much as we could with the services. And anything that we do, whether it's monetary or whether we volunteer time, we like to be anonymous. And if our, my memory is correct, again, I think there was um, some sort of a, a GoFundMe or something like that. My belief is I don't like to, you know, be known on those forums. So I made a phone call to, you know, his mother and said, hey, I'm going to try to help you guys out as much as possible. But I want you to know that this is from Anne-Marie and I. This is, you know, for the funeral service and anything that you guys need to, you know, take care of any dispositions uh, for Ron. And I I felt that that was the least that, you know, we could have done because she allowed him to be in my life and allowed me to kind of put my stamp um, of the good things that are about me on Ron. And so I really thanked her for allowing me to have the opportunity to spend so much time with Ron. So... I knew Ron for probably 18 years. I didn't even realize it until I'm, you know, talking about it now. So from 12 to 30. And so that's a lot of time to put in um, to someone else. So it did, it, it shook me when it happened. You know, kind of my point of this podcast is you never know. You just absolutely never know, you know, if someone's watching you as my professor was, and you never know how short life is going to be. And so I try to live every moment to the fullest. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm sure that my wife will tell anybody that I'm, you know, far from perfect. But I, you know, try to set the best example because now I know that people are always watching me. And, you know, I could be walking down the street and think that I am completely alone, but I know that somebody's potentially watching me. You know, taking that a step further, you know, again, this is a financial podcast, and I'm very proud in the fact that there was one thing that Ron was very proud of, and he had this uh, Impala, a red Impala with feet, and feet slang for wheels or rims, And I remember he always took pictures of, you know, this car. And it was a really nice car, and he was really proud of that. And he worked really hard to get it, and we talked about kind of financially how to make that happen. So I'm I'm really proud of him, and I'm, you know, proud of myself for the example I set for him. And I'm, you know, proud of the fact that his mom allowed me to be in his life. So without further ado, I'm going to wrap up this podcast I encourage anybody to get into, you know, uh, mentoring. And I had one of my friends on, uh, Mike Jackson, and he does a really good job of mentoring. And we talked about, you know, his role. But I wanted to talk about one of my roles as a mentor. And I've had a lot of other opportunities. And I currently mentor a few other folks. And I love doing it. And I encourage anybody, 
you know, to do it. And what it's also done for me, if there are any things that I think about that I may take a shortcut, I think back to the person or people that I'm role modeling for. And I'm like, if they're going to see that, they are going to also cut corners. I think about that. It makes a difference in the decision making that I make to this day. So without further ado, I appreciate you listening. If you like this podcast or any others that you've come across, please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your listening pleasures take you. And also, please feel free to pass this episode on to any friends or family members. Cheers, be well, see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.